2: I have some Creeping for Love housekeeping. Yes! Only to just say that Creeping for Love is still open for business and it's popping in there. Um, And, you know, we've made some connections. And people can probably just make such a horrible hand. Yeah, it was connections. You fisted yourself. It was like a social distance (laughs) (laughs) ha! Keep it clean, guys. Were you trying? One meter apart. (laughs) Um, You fisting the yogurt last night. (laughs) I can't help that with fisty disgusting. yogurt. If there's a... Vage for Vage around, I'll fist it. Um, okay, so that's enough in-jokes to annoy the non-patrons. Yeah, we need Sorry. to stop. We're like...
1: The the non-patrons now are like the friend who didn't make the night out. <laughs> yeah. Coming into college the next day and everyone's like, oh, just one more thing. Just one more thing. And that's do you so remember funny. What? Do you remember? Remember, do you remember? we all shifted? <laughs>
3: I'm trying to eat, right? My salmon paste and... What do you call this thing again? Sausage roll. Sausage roll together while- That's a sardine paste. While- It's only known as holiday paste. I won't have it called anything else. While my cursor, my thingy, computer screen is the maggot cheese. <laughs> and I realized that's too far now. That is gross, yeah. Who maggot brought up cheese. that maggot cheese? You Me. did. It's an amazing, I remember seeing it years ago on some cooking show. Uh, it's just for those of you mm. who missed it. It is like a pecorino, big Sorry, sorry, Sarah. Uh, big, um, you know, wheel. Mm-hmm. They allow it to get infested with flies who lay their eggs. Yeah. And then they become. And then the flies maggots. and the maggots
2: become delicacies.
3: And the maggots excrete this particular mm. enzyme that sort of makes the cheese break down creamier. Mm. And then mm. the men on the <laughs> farm.
2: You can't break me, Jen. Eat. If there's cheese involved, I'll eat it. <laughs> oh my no, God. You're impervious to this. <laughs>
0: I the am the cheese
3: pervert. Eat this heaving they break mass. crack open the wheel. Like, does it not move? Yes, it fucking moves. It's like a moving mass. He you know. Give me and the name of it again. Go on. It's called Casu Mars K C A S U M A Or i U. I'm gonna see if I can get myself a video as well. Uh Heaving Mass of squiggly maggots that oh. they are you, have you got it? Oh, oh dear. Turn it around oh my god there she goes can you order
2: it online
3: oh my god <laughs> my
1: cousin's from sardinia she loves it really? get out of here
3: yeah sardinian and she loves it mm-hmm. it probably is delicious
0: no but like my auntie and my cousin are like oh why don't
3: you just have it like, here we go soph here's a video oh. cassie's turned around her pc see it's all farming now based. that's just a told you, there was. So-, so this is them making the cheese here they are. Oh, They've got the curds. Where, no, this is all this lovely. Bit of delicious. cheese. It, oh, look at that and lovely little box. of cheese. Dangerously, Dangerously cheesy. cheesy is what the headline is. And we can see beneath there. That oh, the there's a few maggots.
2: Yeah.
3: And we have muted again, it. So we're just watching. Simone Eba a bit of a hottie, video. Yeah. So it's sheep's cheese. That, oh, okay. oh, here we go. Milking okay. the oh, yeah. the way that man just milked that. That was violent. <laughs> was it violent. was violent. It was. I wouldn't say now consent was.
1: It was like squeezing the air out of a balloon. That What he's doing to the cheese there violent. as
3: well is just a COVID nightmare. Do you know what that looked oh, like? Oh, look. Do you ever deflate a swimming child's paddling pool? That's exactly what it was. <laughs> Anyway we're looking at the cheese Here we go And there's maggots On him him, They're frolicking in his arm hair
2: As he molests This block of cheese That is coated (laughs) in maggots and there's, there's a, a fly. fly there's a few flies crawling anxious. around. This is there's, a fucking Haysap violations all over this video. In about there's the maggots the having an orgy invaded. on the cheese. 100% orgy. It's
1: actually hard to tell what's cheese and, and what's, what's maggot, maggot at this stage. Now, what we're really now the cheese up for, block
2: has been placed on a decorative plate and they are spreading um, a knife through it oh, and enjoying it on some bread. And he's eye-contacting the camera Wait, that's a brilliant translation. The spicy... No, go back, Cassie. The spicy, different flavour. No, the The spicy, spicy, different, different, tasty, tasty, doughy doughy flavour comes from the work that the fly does. Mm. Spicy is an interesting way to describe the taste Mm. of a living maggot. And decay. I mean, decay to me is like
3: sweet, sickly, mm. sour. But your cheeses are just decaying.
2: Jen, you have some holiday paste in your hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, damn! Jesus, I can't even look at this. Oh, you know it's
3: not officially called holiday, holiday paste.
2: paste. No, you know that's, that's the only name, name we will, name will accept
3: for it, for what that is. Okay. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank, you. You, thank you, Portugal. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, my story is harrowingly interesting. Okay. If you're brilliant. interested in what I'm interested in,
2: mine is harrowingly disgusting. Amazing. Yeah. Oh. Loving
3: that.
1: Okay. And I have one of those things that we didn't know existed yesterday, but it's good to be afraid of it today. Oh,
3: brilliant. <laughs>
2: okay. It's going to be an emotional wild ride. What do we have first? Um, I feel like Do you want me to ease you into it? Sure. Like you could go easy and I could go Yeah you could go harrowing And I could go disgusting and that way if people Are just not up for being so Disgusted they, they can, can actually just, just, just end take out, yeah. Ace out after Jen Perfect
1: Um, So I have stories of people who kill in their Sleep <laughs> oh. What
2: the fuck yeah. Oh my God, I was on that Wikipedia page yesterday. No way. Are you going to tell us about Kenneth Parks? I'm going to tell you about yes. Kenneth Parks. Yes. Wait, so, now, just to be sure, I didn't talk about Kenneth Parks on a creep Zoom. Like, but it doesn't even matter, actually. Well, I don't I,
1: think so. Now, I have a couple anyway, of different on. stories, but I'm going to ease us in, first of all, with um, a story of a woman who, a sleepwalking woman who was having sex
3: with strangers during the night. <laughs> see, again, I'm just going to say Men. Did you.? Oh fuck. I'm sorry. Something's reminded me of something. Do you mind if I just tell you a quick one in the meantime? <laughs> a woman somewhere in Nigeria was found with 12 penises d- half digested in her stomach, right? <laughs> so she was found because she you're was eating a rained. sausage roll, as
2: you tell us. <laughs> the <this laughs> story. Clutching holiday paste. And then the, sound, the okay. sound of that holiday paste in your gob. Also, what you're about to tell us. That's sort of
3: very connected to anyway, what I'm talking about later. Okay, sorry. Should I just stop to, oh. No, no, go for it. Go so for it. So apparently, I'm not sure about this or the details, but I get so nervous when you do off the cuff story. Has rabies, had rabies, and mm-hmm. she apparently was killed by way of like 30 gunshots. She was Jesus. tased twelve times, and then in the autopsy, they Jesus. found all of these Mickeys. Are they human in her penises, stomach. yeah? Human. Oh, all I could think jelly. was that men <laughs> were just like This seems sketchy, but I'm still going to put my dick in her mouth. Do you know (laughs) what I'm saying? Like,
1: why? So I imagine I thought that she would have gone like (laughs) out and and been maddened and found the penises to bite off. But instead, people were coming
3: and That's what I'm presuming. Offering theirs. I'd say probably it would be an easy thing. All you'd have to do is make a small cardboard box with a small hole. hole in it. And then write glory hole above, <laughs> and all of the dicks would the just come right in. Would the
2: cardboard box just be on her head, <laughs> yes. and she'd just be sitting placidly in a chair? Yes. Cardboard box on head, and the men would be like, oh. uh, I, mean,
3: I, "I could just try. What's the harm in trying? <laughs> when Hashtag. in doubt, stick your dick in it.
2: <laughs> Not holiday paste. A maximum to oh live your <laughs> to live your life by. Okay, thank you, thank you, Jim.
1: <laughs> Thanks Sorry for that. Gosh, that was interesting. Um so this woman who cannot be identified for reasons of confidentiality. In October two thousand and four stories started appearing about oh,
2: two thousand and four, I was in college,
1: I bet it was me. While you were in <laughs> Australia. Sleep medicine experts have successfully treated a rare case of a woman having sex with strangers while sleepwalking. The behaviour was disrupting the lives of the woman and her partner, obviously. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's disruptive.
1: Yeah. At night while asleep, the middle-aged sleepwalker who lives in Australia left her house and had sexual intercourse with strangers. The behaviour continued for several months and the woman had no memory of her nocturnal activities. Circumstantial evidence such as condoms found scattered around the house alerted the couple to the problem. (laughs) On one occasion, her partner awoke to find her missing went searching for her and found her engaged in the sex act. Incredulity 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 (laughs) is the leading player in cases like this, says the sleep physician Peter Buchanan at the Warlock Institute of Medical Research in Sydney. An Institute of Warlocks? Yes. Woolcock. You're on a wild um, one today. He handled the case. um, But a combination of factors convinced him the case was real, um, including the distress of the couple and an in-depth clinical evaluation.
3: We so, need to understand where the men are that she's fornicating with. Yeah, Telling terrible you. people. Men's
2: standards are on the floor.
3: We Yes, they do seem to be. Like, also
2: some women's,
3: in fairness.
1: They um, always find a wife. There was a word for it, but I cannot find the fancy medical term,
2: which is probably, probably
1: good, good because I like went like to Google pronounce.
2: And somniland sexism. It's like some, be, some, 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 some. Some perambulum, perambulating somnambulam sexism Som, somnambulism Ooh. Okay, very good, very close Well, thank you, because it's like walking, sleeping they, You know, is the thing you yeah. guys, Did I ever talk about the time I slept, walked into my uh, roommate's uh, room And um, these were roommates that I actively disliked Hated in fact, hated them And I sleepwalked into their room and sat down on their bed um, and I kind of woke up to the girl of the couple being like, Soph, Soph, So, you're sleepwalking. And I, even in my nearly unconscious state, um, just uh, just gave her this withering look and was like, clearly. And then got <laughs> up and walked out. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> that was the level of my dislike of these doubt, people. Go to
1: rudeness. <laughs> just <laughs> just s- rudeness,
2: sitting on, on their-, their bed. Just a t-shirt No pants Right Well so- clearly I mean <laughs> Why else would I be In the shithole <laughs> Why would I Going fucking near you I hate you You know this It was one of those Jesus It was such an Animosity filled scenario We all lived in a tiny apartment Beautiful So
1: This If you thought Having sex with strangers In the middle of the night Not being able to remember It was bad Some people Just kill people just In the their sleeps Just murder them and one such person there's a couple that i'm going to go through but one such person was a very famous case in 1987 of a man called kenneth parks who was 23 at the time he had a five-month-old daughter and he had a very close relationship with his in-laws so his mother-in-law actually referred to him as her gentle giant and when he met his partner That doesn't sound great. I know. But when he had met his partner, she was a teen runaway and he had convinced her to reconnect with her family. So they really liked him. He was really, really sound. They were happy out, had the five month old daughter, right? But before, um, a couple of months before this incident happened, uh, he had actually developed a bad gambling addiction. And he'd fallen into really deep financial problems. So to cover his losses, he had taken funds from his family's savings account and then began to embezzle money at work. His actions were discovered in March of 1987 and he was fired from his job. So on May 20th, he went to his first Gambler's Anonymous meeting and he made the decision that he was going to tell his family and his extended family about his problems. He was planning to tell his Grandmother on the following Saturday, May 23rd, and his in-laws on Sunday, May 24th. So he was planning to go visit his in-laws on May 24th. So in the early hours of May 23rd, about 12, 13 hours before he was due to set off to go visit his in-laws, he got up from a chair in his uh, sitting room, drove 23 kilometers to his in-laws' house, broke in, assaulted his father-in-law, and stabbed his mother-in-law to death after all this he managed to drive himself to the police station and walked in and said i think i've killed people my hands so his hands were torn up he would like torn tendons in his hands with the knife <sighs> and it, like really violent but they said in the police station that he didn't report to be in any pain which seemed weird so bizarre right So his only defense was that he was asleep during the entire thing, the entire incident. He was not aware of what he was doing. Obviously, no one believed it. Even sleep sleep experts at the start were totally skeptical. But after investigation, they found no other explanation. They um, did like EEG scans and found that he had a highly irregular activity for a parasomniac. Um, And combined with the fact there was no motive, Uh, And his story was consistent. They uh, seven interviews he did and all the stories were completely consistent. And obviously when police are interviewing murderers and people who have convicted crimes, one of the things that they often say is that, like, their stories change and they become inconsistent and that's alarming. But his story remained consistent the whole time. And um, basically, he was acquitted of the murder and the attempted murder of his father-in-law because he was sleepwalking and he wasn't deemed guilty by reason of insanity because he wasn't insane he was just sleepwalking so he actually walked out of the courts completely (laughs) free
3: did he have a memory of the events no no none no that must be and did like they had a good relationship they had a
1: good relationship so there was a couple of different factors that some sleep experts determined that would need to be in place for someone to go into that deep sleepwalking state and it was high emotional distress Sleep deprivation before the incident. And Kenneth five Park, month old baby. Five yes. month old baby. And Kenneth had not slept for 48 hours before he had fallen asleep. He had fallen asleep in the sitting room as well. Okay. So it was like to- all the all the factors were in place. The um, The high emotional distress of, of being fired from his job and uh, being caught out. And he had to pay back his company $30,000. Which he agreed to do. It sounds like he was a sound enough man. are they um, murdering his mother-in-law in in his sleep Um, but like it's haunted him because even in 2016 another story popped up so he was running for like trustee of a board of um in Durham where he lives and the story kind of like resurfaces every now and then that like and they literally say in the piece that you know they don't want him to be on the board of this school because uh, though the murdering yeah, though the 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 courts have found him innocent, the community did not. So, Is that okay. Durham in Carolina? Um, yes, I no Toronto. The community sorry, he's Canadian.
3: Did not T- they didn't accept that? They just no one believed it. They d- but they knew him. Did yeah, he must, he, did he had no he but history I mean, of violence or no history of
1: violence, no other crimes, um, but I suppose there was the, his his chronic gambling in place might seem like a motive even though he didn't you know there was no financial benefit to be gleaned from the wow. murder but he's not the only person who has done it right there's uh, in there's another famous case in 1846 albert tyrrell um murdered a sex worker uh he slit the woman's throat decapitated her and set fire to a brothel and his defense was that he was sleepwalking and he was found not guilty.
2: I don't believe him now, fuck him.
1: 1846 as well.
2: Yeah, like the men were doing whatever the fuck they wanted back then. Mm-hmm. I mean, not like yeah. they're doing much different now, but.
1: There was another case, there was a lot like before the 19- What about, did you look into that English
2: couple? The, um, with the child. Older middle aged couple This was in our lifetime Like I remember when It was a news story And they were on holidays Do you remember this In a camper van Yes oh, That is a Fucking devastating story Like I really believe him
3: Save it for a creep Or
2: No it's only never, I just I oh, don't yeah, think I'd ever creep on it Because I think it's really tragic But as a middle aged man Killed his wife He was in his and 40s his was In 2001
1: with Yeah With the flower pot Yeah
2: uh, I don't remember The flower pot I just remember That they were on holidays In a camper van And he dreamed That he was defending His the, his it, wife yeah, Against yeah. intruders Oh there was a couple and Like that they had A funny interaction Earlier in the day um. And it's funny Do you know the way Your man Kenneth Parks Was planning to go To the That's it, in-laws yeah. That something could be Like hopping around Your brain Kind of on a maybe Conscious level It seeps into the subconscious And like that could Really be a factor in why he drove there. And similarly, these couple had had a strange encounter earlier in the day with some like unpleasant people. And then he dreamt that night that he was defending them against that when he woke Mm. up. He was kind of throttling the wife in the bed. She died. Oh, there was another. It was such a sad case.
1: Mad. There was another story like that in 1994 in Pennsylvania. So, like that, uh, a man was convicted of the murder of his wife. He claimed he'd accidentally killed her during a sleepwalking episode because. Um, they were, they had like an attempted break in and then he decided to take a gun into his room. Like there was a kerfuffle and he, he believed he was shooting an an intruder and he woke up and he'd shot his wife. Not great. Terrifying. But yeah, the, the, there's a Californian case where Stephen Ritz killed his lover. Eva a married woman in her 40s during what was supposed to be a romantic island getaway in 2001 he smashed her head with a flower pot leaving sharp shards in her scalp Um, <coughs> oh awful God. awful like that
3: just hit her really badly over and the head of from, this from a, so are these people have they been tried and some of them have gotten listened? off some of okay. them haven't so um, that
1: guy Reeds, that I was talking about did get off yeah Reitz believed he uh, was fighting off an intruder Um, (coughs) And at his trial, his parents testified (laughs) that he'd been sleepwalking since childhood. They, he didn't get off, the jurors didn't. uh, They found him guilty and he was uh, convicted of first degree murder in 2004. Yikes. So yeah, there's like a mixture of cases where they get off and they don't get off. But I mean, there's something to just bear in mind. Don't date a sleepwalker, potentially. I mean, that's harsh sitting opposite a sleepwalker Ah <laughs> uh, you're safe now I'm pretty safe Yeah but it's a deeper state of sleepwalking That causes people to take the, these actions Where they believe they're actually in their dream So that woman was obviously having sexy
3: dreams all night long <laughs> Like and so I mean what happened to her?
1: Well they treated her in a, in a sleep clinic So presuming they either gave her really really deep sleeping pills Or she wouldn't move
3: i don't know what a mad what madness yeah oh that's great it's definitely a bit of a worry isn't it oh yeah
2: Oh yeah definitely Definitely. you're not going to kill your children in your sleep or your husband (laughs) thanks Cass.
3: not on purpose (laughs)
2: thanks for planting that thought (laughs) yes
3: raise,
1: a (laughs) raise. for a second there's like i'll just edit that out but it's in your mind it's inside the the mind now yeah sorry Well, well. that's good.
3: I have a story. Did anybody ever read Moby Dick? No. No. Well, full disclosure, me neither. But <laughs> <laughs> not time since last night and this morning uh, did I have time to read the book when I happen upon this sort of true story that Moby Dick is based on. So it was sort of a true event. So the story of Moby Dick is... Whale. Guy goes to
2: catch a whale. Whale the, the white attacks whale.
3: boat. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And so it f- this fucking. That's <laughs> such
2: a great synopsis.
3: I'm sorry. I don't know the full story, right? But I know that there's a whale involved mm. and also a boat from the cover of the book. Um, so it, we're in the 19th century anyway, around the mid eight, 1850s. And sperm whaling was rife. It is actually, from my research of it, a fucking nightmare kind of descriptions of, like, specifically around Nantucket, okay? Mm-hmm. This was a really super sperm whaley, hunty place. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, what you need if you're going out sper- uh, sperm whale hunting is a big boat... Then you need minimum three little boats. Right. That then jettison off from the big boat mm. to actually get the whale. Like you don't, you don't go from the big boat. Okay. So three boats head off to the whale as it surfaces. There she blows. That comes from, you know, the whale's blowhole. Yeah, and then one of them would say, "There she blows," and they would scurry towards the blow hole. Okay, mm-hmm. isn't that interesting? Yeah, and what year are we in? 1850s. Okay, so uh, off they'd go towards the whale, and they were all armed with these. What do you call those things? Harpoons. Harpoons yeah. with <laughs> a big line <laughs> attached that attached to uh, to a the boat. Like so the harpoon's <laughs> were about six, five or six feet long, and uh, wood at the top, metal with a spear at the bottom. And the lads, once the whale surfaced, would gouge away at the top of this poor giant beast, looking to get into its heart or around its head area to kill it. It would take fucking hours. Oh, oh my goodness. God. It would be like death by <clears throat> fucking thumbtacks. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely dreadful. Uh, the the whale would be vomiting blood. Huge. Oh, and, Jesus. Um, You know, blowhole squirts from the whales, but all blood. Just oh, my God. Disasters uh, kind of thing. But the, but at the time, no buts. Oh, well, that was just the industry at the time. So what they did specifically with the, with the sperm whales was incredibly valuable for, in three parts, they wasted a lot of it. Yeah, They didn't eat the flesh. They got it on board, right? They dragged, once it was dead, rolled over, they dragged it back to the big boat where they'd start to sort of dissect it. So what they do is they'd strip big strips of the skin off while the whale was sort of stuffed up against the boat that would give them access to the blubber which is what they wanted so they'd reduce the blubber down into an oil and that was something they could sell on
1: what next. Did they use
3: that for again? Well I don't know exactly I know what they used the uh, actual what was in the, what's in the head of the wh- whale I keep forgetting this it's spermaceti which is, you know how sperm whales work? They have a humongous um, head-type nose at the very top, and that's filled full of this spermaceti oil. So, um, and this is how they, so sperm whales dive incredibly deep, and uh, they're able, with the use of this, to then, float back to the surface to gain. Mm. this is it kind of <clears throat> operates a as, kind of as a sort of buoyancy age yeah. yeah where where they can kind of control it's also kind of used to reverberate sound around they communicate by using it as kind of an echo chamber to bounce sound around and talk to each other um but that oil in their heads there was there's fucking tons of it mm. so they would take the blubber reduce that down put it aside then they chop off the head bring that on board like crack it open and just scoop out absolutely gallons of this stuff. That stuff they used to make um, loads of things. It, it was really, the really top end of it. Or they, they didn't have to reduce it much at all. They used it to grease machinery. They used to make candles out of it. At the time, candles were made from sort of fat types of fat. Yeah. They were kind of smelly. But this stuff uh, didn't, this smell. didn't smell. Um, so and then it was used as oil in oil lamps.
2: That's what I remember. Yeah. yeah.
3: So there was kind of tons of stuff that they were using it for. They had like there's bits and bobs. They kept the teeth. Sometimes you'd see, uh, you know, John call our friend Rebecca's dad's the sculptor, mm. and he has a, a what's it called again? When the the old sailors they use, there sometimes you can find them their teeth, whale sperm whale teeth, and they're carved like amazing carves carvings of. Damn, there's a word for it. Uh, Anyway, can't find it. I'll, it'll come to me later. Um, so that's where was I? So that's the kind of value that they would have. But not only that, but we all know about ambergris. That was also kind of harvested. They would often, it's, it's, it's berm whale puke, effectively. Ambergris is this amazing substance that you can find floating. It's more valuable than gold, I think, per weight. Uh, super valuable really rare substance what it does is it it's all exclusive used used by the perfume industry so it is it makes perfume last a very long time mm. on your skin yeah yeah so it's still used How today figure this stuff out uh, yeah. it's fucking mad isn't it so back to Moby Dick so the year this came from, came from the Smithsonian Magazine. This is a great article. So it's uh, also I find this amazing girl on YouTube. I'll get her name and tell you next time. But she does these videos of uh, she. I think is a what do you call it, a person who cuts up dead people again? Mortician. She's a mortician and she has a, a really big. Or does she do uh, it YouTube for science? Channel. Like is she? A, I think uh, she wasn't. No, no, she was a mortician.
2: Well, pathologist maybe? Like, or is she practicing? She was specific or? to the funeral homes. Oh well, then yeah. Mortician, I guess.
3: yeah. Anyway, the year is 1852, and this novelist, Herman Melville, That's the author correct. of Moby Dick, uh, was working on his new model, or sorry, novel, Moby <laughs> Dick, or The Whale, which, which was his working title. Straight, Straight to the point. Yeah. So uh, it actually had released that year, mixed reviews, tepid sales. Not uh. great. I hear that, Herman. So that month, he took a steamer to Nantucket for his first visit to Mas- the Massachusetts Islands, home uh, the home port of his novel's protagonist, Captain Ahab. Is that mm. his name? Yeah. So uh, in his ship, in the book, sorry, sorry, just the captain of his book. So uh, like a tourist, Melville met local dignitaries, dined out and took in the sights of the village he had previously only imagined. So, on his last day there, he met this six-year-old man who had captained a ship called the Essex. Uh, The ship had been attacked and sunk by a sperm whale in 1820. Legitimately, right? This has never been Mm -hmm. recorded ever that a whale would identify like attack back yeah mm. i mean they have no natural predators in the wild other than as you know very baby sm- sperm whales maybe um other types of whale orcas or maybe big sharks might get them but other than that they are the, sperm whales they're not as big as the blue whale but they have no natural predators really they just float around they're very up big. and down they go yeah oh god they're, yeah. beautiful they're so looking. important yeah. like that's sper- that whole whaling industry there used to be, I think back then, I think it was about eight million sperm whales that they think. Now there's one point five. They fucking obliterated um the the poor these poor fuckers. It was a disaster from for the sperm. Well not really. They're still here. Uh anyway, this Essex boat. They couldn't look friendlier. I know. Yeah, like, there's a little s-
2: facial expression, literally like,
3: hey. Right, listen, hey. it's a disaster. Hi. I'm Hi. away.
2: Don't take my head oil fuck you, fuck you, what are you doing with these thumbtacks?
3: I know, exactly. Imagine
2: though, it's just so like, death by slow thumbtack, like at the first hour or so you'd be like, eh, this is annoying, Dad, what are you doing? And then like, after a few hours you'd be like,
3: Oh, okay fine I'm dead oh, take it really oh.
1: Take... oh this is breaking my heart yeah what are oh. you reading just desperate no like, just sadness. listening in to the that I know
3: I and know. the problem is they have shitty eyesight so they couldn't really see what was happening oh. they were just and they had te- they have amazing hearing as well so they were just hearing these little it's like attack by ants with thumbtacks just be oh, like
2: can can fuck shit, off. horrible shitty ants
3: yeah anyway the Essex right this This is a a story then that goes into your realm of stuff. Mm -hmm. So the Essex uh, boat, it was the 14th of August when it took off, 1819. And it left Nantucket on a whaling voyage that was supposed to last two and a half years. It was an 87 foot long ship hit by a squall, a big storm that destroyed um, part of it. And it nearly sank once, but it came back on track. Uh, Pollard was the name of the captain. He was trying, he, if they eventually made it to Cape Horn five weeks later, but the 20-man crew found the waters off South America nearly fished out, so they headed off um, for distant whale grounds in the South Pacific. To restock, the Essex anchored at Charles Island in the Galapagos, where the crew collected 60 tortoises as part of their rations, rations okay? So these tortoises would just roam around the ships alive,
2: until they were ready until to eventually
3: eat. it was ready to eat them. Crazy. Not only that, one of these fucking members of the crew, just being a dickhead, just set a fire on the island. Okay, it was dry season, and the fire ripped through the island. In and the Galapagos. It, yeah, Jeez. it fucking it obliterated this this particular species on the island, dead forever, like gone, and the island just it like it was amazing. Anyway, the, the Pollard, the captain, on seeing this. Flames as they sailed slowly away was furious, swore vengeance on whoever set the fire. So many years later, uh, Charles Island was still blackened. It's totally (laughs) awkward because they're all on the boat. (laughs) Yeah, Mm. I know. You'd be like, I'll get you, but let's give us a smell off yet. Uh, (laughs) Fire really clings. Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, many island. So many years later, the island was still a blackened wasteland. The fire believed to have caused the extinction of um, both the Florinian uh, tortoise and the Florinian mockingbird. Sad. Jesus. So, after months of a prosperous voyage, right at this point, their first they killed the first whale. There was none more around, so they headed, kept going. Then they ended up killing eleven whales in the space of two weeks. Um, It was so uh, pretty prosperous. And uh, oh yeah, they this they talked here about along with the killing, right? So they'd get the harpoon in the whale, and the whale would obviously feel it and try to escape. And they used to... Do you ever hear of the Nantucket sleigh rides? That's what they used to call it as the whales dragged them in the small boats of course. around the place.
2: Oh, right.
3: Anyway, so there was a lot... There was about, I think, about 20-odd people on board here, along with the Captain Pollard's uh, nephew called Owen Chase, 23-year-old first mate. He stayed aboard Essex to make repairs while... Pollard went whaling so it was Chase who spotted a very big whale 85 feet in length he estimated lying quietly in the distance with its head facing the ship then after three or two uh, two or three spouts the giant made straight for the boat uh, coming down for us at great uh, speed he says Chase would recall about three knots which I don't know it's fast I guess for a whale and the whale smashed its head into the ship with such an appalling and tremendous jar nearly threw us all on our faces, he says. So while the whale passed underneath the ship, he began thrashing in the water. And this guy says, I could s- distinctly see him smite his jaws together as if distracted with rage and fury. I feel like that might be a stretch. Um, the crew was addressing the hole in the ship and getting the pumps working again when one man cried out, here he is, he's making for us again. And the whale took off Ooh. and just absolutely... Nutted the boat, it blew directly into the bottom of the boat and blew a big fucking hole in it. Water gushed into the ship. Uh, the only thing the crew could do was lower the boats and try and uh, fill them with the navigational instruments, bread, water supplies before the Essex completely sank oh, for good.
2: Oh my god! So
3: Pollard saw his ship in distress from a distance because like, he was off was whaling, they just like
2: in the absolute middle of the ocean. Like they were in the middle of the near Pacific. Anywhere. Yeah, wow. I think
3: Pacific. Yeah, nowhere near anywhere. Uh, so they got the rest of the lads who were on the boat got into the other small boats that were yeah. left and kind of joined up with the whaling lads who had left earlier on. Yeah. So they got to the other lads and they were like, "You never guess what happened. You can see the ship's gone. Wait <laughs> till I tell you." <laughs> <laughs> so they had kind of slim rations at that point. Sorry. This and how is long gonna it would it go- take
1: them to get back?
3: Oh, so here, so the men were unwilling to leave the the. did did ship as it slowly sank and Pollard tried to climb up uh, come up with a plan so there was three boats 20 men they calculated the closest land was um, the Marquesas I'm not saying this right M-A-R-Q-U-E-S-A-S islands Marquesas islands Marquesas islands
2: I don't know I don't know
3: anyway forgive me for that and the Society Islands so uh, Pollard wanted to set off for them But in one of the most ironic decisions in nautical history, Chase, uh, the other guy, and the crew convinced him that those islands were populated by cannibals. no. And that the crew's best chance for survival would be to sail south. The distance to land would be far greater, but they might catch the trade winds, be spotted by another whaling ship. So Pollard (laughs) seemed to understand the implications of steering clear of the island. Fair play, lads. I don't want to get involved in any of that. Uh, But unwittingly sailed to... Um, A
2: cannibal feast of their own. own? So they left
3: the rest of the ship that was kind of thing and they headed off and uh, they were challenged almost from the beginning. So salt water had completely saturated their dry rations like their bread and biscuits, Mm. which meant that as they were eating them, they were dehydrating faster and they were becoming poisoned by the salt. There's a name for that and I can't remember what it was. But in the same kind of vein as dehydration, it sort of sends you cuckoo bananas. So, uh, and the sun was obviously pounding down on them. So there was an attack, there was a couple of attacks by killer whales, you know, those orca Mm lots. They spotted land, Henderson Island, two weeks later, it was barren. They couldn't, there was no water. So another week, uh, The men began to run out out of supplies. Still, three of them decided they'd rather take their chance on land and got back into the boat, headed for land. And actually, you know, that was the right decision. So by mid-December, after weeks at sea, the small boats began to take on water, more whales menacing the men at night. By January, poultry rations began to take their toll. On Chase's boat, one man... One man went mad, stood up, demanded a dinner napkin and water (laughs) and then fell into the most horrid and frightful convulsions uh, before perishing the next morning. So, humanity must shudder at the dreadful... Anyway, uh, so basically what happened next was a disaster. So, no, it was all a fucking disaster, but sure, they just started eating each other effectively. Oh, Not effectively, literally. So, um, this guy that... Like they waited till they were dead. Yes, well... Or did they start killing each other? Kind of. This guy okay. with the dinner napkin, they ripped him apart and started eating him straight oh, away.
2: Jesus. While he was still convulsing?
3: No, I think they let him perish beforehand. Oh, but at the time, there seemed to be some sort of... this says it in this article, like there was sort of an understanding of if things got bad, you're sort of allowed to eat. Like when, they, when the, hey. the survivors did get back, some of them, and they heard what had happened... You know, nobody...
2: I'd never judge
3: anyone for that. Me neither. I'm on their I'm on their case. So they roasted this guy's man's organs on a flat stone, ate them. So after the coming week, more sailors died. Their bodies were cooked and eaten. Uh, one boat completely disappeared. And then Chase and Pollard's boat lost sight of each other. So the rations of human flesh did not last long. The more survivors ate, the hungrier they felt. Apparently that happens. Like if you get a bit you're like oh shit
2: you're like hung your sort of system suddenly remembers I guess so because I suppose you've probably your body's gone into that famine mode that starvation mode where it's like
3: yeah
1: and guys um, the sad like the Marchese islands just look beautiful oh. <laughs> like as a holiday really destination beautiful like teal
3: waters gorgeous beaches they would have had a great time i know. Well, that's it but they were determined they might have been a cannibal there so they'd rather instead just cannibalize determined. each other on these small boats <laughs> lots uh, of horses so on in february so they're 3 months gone so 9 weeks after they've bidden farewell to the essex uh, at this teenager who's one of the ship hand, hands proposed they draw lots to determine who'd be eaten next it was the custom. This article. It was the custom of the sea, dating back at least in recorded instance uh, to the first half of the 17th century, uh, to sort of forgive this kind of behaviour. So the men in Pollard's boat accepted this suggestion, and the lot fell to young Owen Coffin, the captain's first cousin. So Pollard, the captain, promised had promised the boy's mother to look out for him, and the captain said, "No, take me instead." this is all coming from the captain who definitely survived, so you know yourself. <laughs> and uh, Owen apparently said, no, no, it's t- my time to go. <laughs> the and, young guy. Yeah, offered himself deputy. up. So after 89 days at sea, the last three men on Chase's boat spotted a, a sail in the distance. And 300 miles away, Pollard's boat carried only its captain and another man. Uh, they had only the bones of the last crewman to pair it. So they were on their little boat just suck literally sucking the marrow out of the bones of their Their friends oh Jesus Um, so they did get back on board Uh, Pollard and this guy Charles on his boat survived and two from the other boat Uh, there was five sorry five survivors in all my god other than the lads who got off on the island earlier they were all Kind of Having skinny, an but grand. Absolute ball. Mahogany soaps. <laughs> uh, so, years later, A third boat was discovered. On the, well, anyway, so uh, beep, 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 beep. That's pretty much the story of, ha- you know, the kind of com- true story, story That's of Moby Dick. But what's interesting is, I think, from this article anyway, it suggests. So that whale that-
2: sounds like it was already bigger than your average sperm whale. Because you said it was like, what, 85? 80- Eighty-five
3: feet. Yeah, I do I think average. the average
2: goes up to like maybe sixty or 70 Really? So I, that just seems like a not a full-grown.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, I reading then.
2: books about sharks and whales and stuff to my yeah. kids, so I'm Ooh, full of five. Very
3: interesting. So <laughs> um, it's there, yeah, fascinating. So it sounds like from that article, like the author had written his book already, and then subsequently met this guy who told the story, doesn't it? the author of the article the, no no in the it, oh sorry Herman yeah. Melville
2: yeah yeah totally but so yeah. I guess
3: maybe maybe his idea came through sort of whispers and then he, he ended up finding out stuff like it exactly
2: and um, do you remember on one of the creep uh zooms during lockdown we talked about whether you could be um like Pinocchio style swallowed by a whale and yeah. like living in stomach mm. and stuff like that and we talked about how like if you even got past the maze and then past the the throat and the esophagus like you were really doing well to even get past those things because the esophagus is like this big muscled tube that's like stuffing just stuffing things downward crushing 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 all that comes yeah. in there but um i did there was another story i found since then that was from the um like, early 1900s, where apparently a sailor was swallowed by a sperm whale. And did you come across this no. you're researching? So, like, they, it was a whole crew were out chasing the sperm whale completely, as you described, and everything. And um, there was one point where the whale, uh, because they were, like, uh, doing the Nantucket sleigh ride, probably, um, a couple of lads were thrown overboard at one point during the um, at the hunt and obviously they were like taken back on board but maybe not a head count done Um, and they discovered there was somebody missing and anyway they'd uh, caught the whale they'd brought alongside the boat as you described to get the blubber and everything and they were like busy way with all their like axes and spades and like excavating the whale and taking all the valuable parts and anyway they were soon down to the stomach and apparently the story goes that they were startled to discover our shipmate doubled up <gasps> an unconscious but alive inside the whale. He was laid out on the deck and treated to a bath of seawater which revived him but he was completely traumatized and he was placed in the captain's quarters where he remained apparently for a few weeks in like a delirious state and he was um kind of nursed back to health and eventually recovered from the shock and resumed his duty. Mad. There is dispute over this story right. because no so photographic evidence. Well there's that Um, also sperm whales have four stomachs just like a cow and there's full of uh, digestive acids and there's also no oxygen and like one uh, scientist says that um, (laughs) there's gas inside a whale if there's any gas it's not oxygen it's probably methane and that's not going to help you out at all and so even if you get and we know that whales are flatulent so there is definitely gas Um, and uh, so if they don't crush you in the esophagus if they don't chow you down in the mouth you'll definitely suffocate in the stomach. So you're so calling bullshit on this story. it's highly unlikely story. that that sailor was found unconscious. But... You never said know. that? Like, geez, when we were talking about the uh, the frozen people a few episodes ago and, you know, that body slowing down into that kind of hibernation mode,
3: who knows? I mean... Who knows at all? Yeah. We want more sperm whales in the world, though, because of their ability to absorb carbon monoxide. And also their shit feeds all the plankton. And, uh, and they're cool. And they just sp- look like b- your BFGs of cool. the ocean,
2: aren't they? Yeah, that's, yeah, they're amazing. These little big friendly giants. Giant anyway. giants, a la Kenneth Parks.
3: Yeah, so that's the kind of true life-ish story of Moby Dick. That's... Moby, that suck my wild. dick. Anyway, that's it. What time What time are we at now? We could save your disgusting story for our hive. hive. Yeah, we might do that to tempt Did them you tempt in, we? you guys. Do you want to yeah. give us a give us a tease? or oh, does it mean to do a teaser? Will I do
2: a teaser? Um, what well, my uh my headline for this was room to improve, jumping the shark edition.
3: Is there shark related?
2: No, no. Jumping the shark is like you know when things just get so fucking wild and chaotic mm. in, you know, in like a plot. They call it jumping the shark. Never heard of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's cool. just a phrase. Cool. Jumping jump the shark edition. But basically, it's like you know. And it's really got nothing to do with room to improve either. What? It's just like this story will make you feel better about what a complete shit state your own house is in. Well, and it is rotten. Yes, but okay. it's it's a serial killer.
3: Oh, brilliant! Because okay. I came across it on my re- last research, I was like, oh, do you know what's great? there's this brothers anyway it's an old hoarding story but there was these oh, yeah. two brothers in New York but it might be good oh, yeah. for a creep I'll do it another time oh
2: yeah love a hoarder and this guy yeah. is definitely a hoarder lovely <laughs> oh he hoards things
3: just before we go like there's the people oh very good oh, so that's going to be we'll talk about that over, over on on the, the hive on the creep hive before we go though there is an update on who told the story about Felicity Loveday and her son
2: Oh, and the missing at sea, is it? Yes. Oh, I think we decided that was me. That was you. That's so funny. You asked who told that story and like and my best guess was me or Cassie. But I like know. we're so deep in creep now that like nobody knows anymore. But
1: no hold on. No, I think that I think there's been a mistake because the Felicity Love Day story, both Felicity and her son Adrian, are were missing. Did both we, went missing that's right but in the story that Sophie or I told I can't remember I think it was Sophie told a son takes a mother out on a boat and the mother goes missing and the son came comes back and lives a very lavish
3: lifestyle yeah, for ah so life maybe experience. this in fact yes. so isn't the same one. story okay. I don't think it's the same okay well I can tell you do a little uh, I can give you just the, the little micro yeah uh, so this guy this very old lady uh, Felicity Loveday 83, and her son Adrian, 56, disappear at sea last December, right? The pair embarked on a three-day boat trip to cleanse Mrs. Loveday of black magic. So, apparently Adrian and Felicity, uh, the son and daughter, had been practicing the evil art of meditation in the weeks running up to this disappearance, (laughs) and Adrian had decided that somehow black, dark demons had come in to Felicity. Now, Felicity at this point was not, not comp- that compass meant it. She's 83. What's a fucking
2: excuse, Adrian? This has the reek of Chad Daybell about it, Who's he it? now?
3: Oh, yes. Yeah. That's why we're kind of merging all the stories because there's a lot of... There's a lot
2: of fucking creeps that do each other.
3: So this pair take off, right? Felicity also had a daughter called Christina who photographed a f- the final image of them Taking off mm. on the boat. Yeah. This image it's crazy. is crazy. Crazy. So it's a v- this boat was supposed to they were supposed to be on for three days. There's no hull. No, it's it's just, just like a like launch. A little like a
2: little speed boat.
3: Yes, but this they were supposed to be staying on the boat. That was his take. Bananas. It's just got those like white pleather seats. Yeah.
2: And a steering wheel. It's one of those. Like it is not totally. in any way a sleepy overboat. So not at the professional all. A cu- term for them. It's so a couple the-
3: of hours out at sea with a few sandwiches boat. Absolutely. So the picture the Christina, the Even daughter your sandwiches took,
2: would probably be getting wet. Like, Adrian's
3: mm. at the back of the boat. They're both wearing life jackets. Yeah. Uh, Felicity's jackets. propped up in the front seat of the Mother's boat. Mother's very bundled up. She's very, very, very up. pale, Sophie. <laughs> yes. I mean, she looks a little... Unwell. Yeah. She looks dead, guys. She looks she's like dead. Dead. a corpse. She looks like a dead lady propped up in the seat. She does now. Uh, so this picture that the Christina the daughter po- posted uh, came up recently. So she's Adrian's sister, like she is. Yeah, and everyone went fucking cuckoo bananas because it looks like you've propped up an old dead lady in a boat, and mm-hmm. then the son and the la- old lady disappear, lit gone. Son so they're gone. So. But crucially adrian apparently had bought another boat a few days previous so uh and he'd opted to go out in the three-day voyage with this one yeah no sign of adrian and no sign of boat number two Boat number two and no sign of mom and boat number
2: one which he's what potentially sank somewhere
3: yeah so that was uh so december where are we now so that was six months ago uh Christine, so six months later, Christina has taken the remarkable step of breaking her silence to uh, definitely state her mother was alive when she took the photo. Oh, so okay.
2: She, God love Christina. I does. know. Uh,
3: but Jesus God alive, does she look fucking dead? So Christina said, for the sake of accuracy, I took the photo and Felicity was very much alive.
2: But you know the way, and this is not ageist,
3: but... I know what you're going to say. Sometimes. Oh, people look dead. No, it's no, just no. that sometimes, well,
2: <laughs> sometimes they'd be kind of, you could see that, that death was creeping toward them, let's say. Yes. I think they're not, not sprightly. Not very well. Not this one.
1: No, but this woman in this photo is dead. D.E.D. dead.
3: N- well, her daughter her daughter.
2: she was taking a picture of an alive person. Not there. only
3: that, but she did you say see my, the she has dementia. She had spent a lot of time indoors. So she did look very pale and dead. mostly she was napping. Mostly
2: <laughs> napping. Exactly. So she, see, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this funny but line like saying, at the end of a person's life where they can sort of... It's almost like death sort of seeps in a little bit before its death time. Adjacent. But Do you know what's strange it's like, though? But
1: like, surely your man with the with the papier mache and all the corpses could have the same defense. Be like, oh no, it's definitely life. Has been inside. Looks pale. Hasn't moved in a while. Is mostly napping. Mostly <laughs> spending ice closed. Not responsive.
2: Not dead though. <laughs> oh my god! It's just not such dead. an indicator of this podcast that I'm like. Which man with the corpses and the papier mâché? So because I? we've
3: had two. Which one do you mean? <laughs> Jenny I mean, the the OG, the
1: O.G. The O.G. The paper
3: mâché and come.
1: <laughs> we can't. We can't revisit your one. Your one. Th- there was small children.
2: Hey, there was. I mean, there was. That's not a lie.
3: But. They had to d- just say a
2: line about it out of context like that. Okay. i you not not like I'm defending him? At? I'm just defending telling that story.
1: Just understood. He was misunderstood. And uh, to go back to the OG story of the son and the mother on the boat that we told on episode 43, I told it. Well done, Cass. It's ah. the girl who laughed as the man got sewn into the body of a horse episode. <laughs> <laughs> and it is Nathan. Like, what are we doing here? Actually, I just I had an existential know. crisis as I read <laughs> out that headline. I used to be a professional journalist. Nathan Carmen. Nathan, Carter, Carman, Nathan, Nathan Carman, Carter did it. Yeah, no. Beloved
2: Irish country musician.
1: And there we go. Scene. Um, Nathan Carmen <laughs> took a boat out that killed his mother, and he was found guilty of making improper and faulty repairs and contributing to the death of his mother.
3: There you go. So different one altogether. Different story. So well, look, um, I mean,
1: we're we're nearly a hundred episodes in, so we're going to. have I know there's going to be cross
3: finding, cross referencing. Oh, well, you but know listen.
2: that I have re researched my own stories and I have checked with Cass uh, and discovered that I've been researching when she's told. This is... We're getting on time. Thank God for...
3: um, Not me. I have not once come across the same thing twice. I not And endless. Endless. I seem to be getting better. (laughs) They're coming thick and fast.
2: But I think for me, it's because I'm like, ooh, this has all the things I like. And then I'll be like, oh, wait. I've already done it.
3: This is just coming at cannibalism from a different angle. Yes. So look, jury's still out on this pair. They haven't been found. The daughter's adamant... That uh, that mom that was mom alive. was alive.
2: Uh, do you know what? Actually, just napping a lot. Which, as we say, that comes at the end. We
3: all know. I tell a lie that. right up. This, as I scroll down through this, I see here the boat, the empty boat that we were talking about, the one with just a steering wheel and two seats, mm-hmm. found was found submerged twenty four kilometers from where the pair set off. Oh, it had no sleeping quarters or shelter. That you know, we know that. Yeah. So they're still missing. He's completely disappeared, and uh. In another plot twist, police have revealed that he had uh, purchased the second boat that I was talking about, and that's so it's looking very much like he just rolled his mother off the boat, sank it, or just sank her with her in it. On like why maybe because if he'd actually she, he had killed her through meditation somehow, panicked, went decided on this boat trip in cahoots with his sister, like who was supporting. If we were to believe the sister, she this was just cooperating photographing with
2: authorities, though, isn't she? She
3: is, but she at the same time just photographed her mother and her brother heading off on a three-day boat trip at eighty-three with no, you know, Shelter. cover. But on you the never fucking know what boat. they
2: told her. Did they definitely—that's what she believes. Say to they her, were going off in that yeah. little
3: boat for three days. Yes.
2: Maybe there was talk of them sort of docking somewhere, going to a little B and B.
3: There was no talk of that on in this article anyway just as a weird aside right the mother was actually what it's called Dead. she was a member of the <laughs> the mother what are you gonna Felicity, say opus day or something act like a magical one of the top uh freemasons right no fucking way yeah so what is it we called didn't it know here? they had women yeah they do uh beep, 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 she was i can't get the a worshipful master
1: Yeah. Of a Gold
3: Coast branch of the secretive fraternal society Freemasonry. Co Freemasonry, which I'm presuming is women's allowed. Yeah. So isn't that, you know, whatever? Just a mini one. That's interesting. Isn't it?
2: I mean, that is not to bring it back to Chad Daybell. And we don't really want to talk about him, but like, you know, all his shit with the, um, you know. Remind me. um, The light and dark and the all the all the like spiritual beliefs yeah. of his doomsday religion. Okay. Um sorry, you guys know about this guy, don't you? He's just no. it's all coming out at the moment oh, basically. God, yeah, He's that's in,
3: um
2: there it's uh, Salt Lake City and this guy Chad Daybell who is still listed on Wikipedia as an author and has written some very kind of uh Intriguing looking books Actually let me quickly bring up a couple of uh, his, his titles The
1: Great Gathering Thank you yeah. Reclaiming Liberty
2: I mean it looks like the kind of the Living on the edge of heaven kind of, um, Christian lit
1: Oh they're exactly the of thing now that I would be into
2: Yeah yeah Very Cassie circuit 2004 um, Yes oops, bang on While I was having a great time um, And anyway so Uh, What's happened is he married this woman called Laurie last year and her children went missing about six months after they married. And they had married in the wake of both of their respective previous spouses dying. And um, they initially made contact with each other, Laurie and Chad, kind of via email. She was an admirer of his work. He had captivated her with his um, writing on religious doomsday scenarios. And um, so it's come out this like email Correspondence between the two of them that kind of predated their their actual friggin' marriage, where he basically has a kind of a, a sort of a hierarchy of sort of um, like people and their spirits and how susceptible they are to the kind of dark and the light and mm-hmm. are they light spirits or dark spirits. And then um, basically, Laurie sent him this kind of like family tree. Almost asking him to assess her entire family for whether they were light or dark spirits, and then um, you know she she wrote to him like here are the family history documents you requested. This is like before they were like in a relationship together, and um, so the belief that Chad holds is that people are reborn or graduate to the next level when they die, and so the documents say. His documents say that most members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints are a level two, which means that the dark side can only ever match the light, never overpower it. So that's called a level two. This is very Scientology stuff to me as well, I feel. What mm-hmm. is they it? Have the same Church kind of the of
3: Latter-day Saints is what it's called?
2: Well, I don't know if like, they want anything to do with this guy, okay. to be honest. I'm, I'm not positive on that he goes on to say that twos and threes are fluid and can change sides during life it says I feel it's the higher the number the closer you are to the dark oh or right Chad's kind of um, in Chad's mind he goes on to say I love when they get very kind of specific on this stuff he wrote 4.1 and above have made covenants to their side Four they rarely one. switch sides and so that's darkness uh, so one of um uh, one of Laurie's children is listed on the chart as 4.1 D. Oh, uh-uh. <laughs> he's so into it. I'm like, that's bad. that's bad. That's bad. And her father, who was actually dead already, had been list- was listed as a 4.3 D, <sighs> and quote is now sealed away, according <gasps> to the chart. So, um, he meanwhile. So, at the
1: point of Laurie giving him the historical information, was her husband alive or
2: dead? No, uh, the husband was dead. Okay. But I think it was to ascertain where on the scale her kids fell. Right. Mm. So sinister. Because Laurie, Chad classified as being on the light side. Convenient. And he classified um, Laurie's other child as being a 4.2L. Mm. Uh, and meanwhile, that child's father, who is off the scene, scored a 3L, which is not, not good. I mean, it's so deeply bizarre. Is this the guy? The and guy, obviously nine the, months later, um, the children went missing. And they have just and been And were found. subsequently found. Yeah. Uh, very sadly uh, buried Wasn't on Wasn't his the ex... Property.
3: W- his ex-wife also found there? There is now
2: else? there is now lots of suspicion being thrown up about the uh, deaths of the previous spouses, but it's all unfolding.
3: Okay, active case. Jen,
2: though, I sit in here now, knowing what I know, you are a four-point <laughs> DL2. Oh, is that Irretrievable. bad? Irretrievable. Irretrievable,
1: <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Sad. Okay,
2: <laughs> come on over to... Anyway, it's w- time. W- dot Patreon.com forward slash the, the Creep, creep dive. dive for untold amounts of content. Just waiting for your. There's so pleasure. much there
1: now. It's hours and hours and hours of our rewatch. Time. Any of them? No. <laughs> there's Let's loads of back.
2: audio. There's loads of video that you could look at and see our faces or treat as a podcast also and just turn us away and just listen if, you, I would if you're not comfortable that. with looking at our faces. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, and thanks
3: for listening. Yeah. Thanks to our patrons. Keep us. Really going.
2: thank you to our patrons. Yes,
3: that are a great bunch. And uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye.